you're listening to Speaking of Health and Wellness, the podcast, where we dive into holistic nutrition, biomedical treatments, functional medicine, low-toxicant living, and developmental strategies with a special focus on children with complex picky eating, developmental delays, and neurodevelopmental disorders. I'm your host, Shandy Lasky, integrative speech-language pathologist, pediatric feeding specialist, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and epidemic cancer certified health coach. Together, we are changing the conversation around how we view, discuss, prevent, and treat these childhood epidemics. I am so honored to have your time and attention today. Thank you for joining me and for all of your support. Please note that this podcast is for educational purposes only and should never be misconstrued as medical advice or a replacement for individualized care from your trusted providers. Now, without any further ado, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Speaking of Health and Wellness, the podcast. You're listening to episode 13, three skills all kids need before developing language. In today's episode, that's what we're going to be talking about, just that. As you may have heard or you may know, you may have heard this in my introduction, but if you skipped past it, you may or may not know that I am a integrative speech-language pathologist. I have my master's in speech-language pathology. I am a American Speech Language Hearing Association certified speech language pathologist and I am very proud to be one. I don't talk as much about speech and language as I would like to across my content just because given the integrated nature of my work and me also being a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and an epidemic answered certified Jeez. Epidemic Answers Certified Health Coach. You would think I would never mess that up anymore for as much as I say it. And the irony with me being a speech-language pathologist, but ooh, can be a mouthful. Um, but I find myself really being pulled to educate around nutrition and lifestyle and the environmental factors that are at play in the different demographics of children that we serve as speech-language pathologists. In my mind, there are so many people who are already talking about speech and language. Um, I feel like they're doing a beautiful job. I don't need to talk about that as much because they've got that covered. I'm talking about the topics that I feel like are not as commonly talked about and the demographics that I feel are very underserved in the world of nutrition. But I was inspired by a recent conversation with a client and was thinking, well, it is Autism Awareness Month or Autism Action Month, whatever camp you're in. Um, Actually, you don't have to be in either camp. You can celebrate both. I am very much a proponent for autism awareness, autism acceptance, and autism action. But let's focus on accepting the child, not the label, right? Like, let's always just focus on the child or the individual, right? Because these individuals grow up, they are no longer children. 
So anyways, that's not what this episode is all about today. Today is about three skills that all kids need need before developing language. And this is going to be for children who are typically developing, children who have developmental delays, children who have neurodevelopmental conditions like autism. Maybe they're older, but they still are not yet verbal. They're pre-verbal. They're not yet speaking. Um, These skills are going to help build those foundations for linguistic skills to come in. So not only are these supportive for language, but they're also supportive for social communication as well. So as a speech language pathologist, whenever I, you know, would go work with a kid, um, as in a traditional role of speech language pathologist, I'm not just going in and trying to get them to talk, right? It's just not that simple. I'm going in and I'm looking at where their skills are and that, and there are skills that are important to have before expecting that a child or an individual would start speaking or start using speech with a linguistic intention, right? So those three skills that we're going to cover today are joint attention, symbolic play, and imitation. There are, of course, other skills. This list is not exhaustive, but these are three of the main um, pre-linguistic skills that I wanted to chat about today. I actually, in my autism class in graduate school, we had these like drilled into us to know these, to work on these before working on speech and language. Um, and we had to make like a parent handout and all of that. And I thought, you know what? I should update that parent handout and make it more um, like updated now that now that I know how to use Canva. I don't know if Canva was around back in the day when I was in graduate school, you guys. So I made this with like clip art and um, Microsoft Word and whatever. But the the content is good, but I would like to update it. Anyways... I'm kind of using that as the outline here for these linguistic skills because I often, you know, share it with a client or um, reference these skills when I'm speaking with clients who either have children with developmental delays or children with autism most commonly. Um, but anyways, so joint attention. Let's start. Joint attention is probably what you expect that it is. You are jointly paying attention to something. It is two people referencing a third point where they're focusing on something. They are following the same gaze um, or you can be using pointing or gestures to share the experience. You are sharing the attention. Some ideas that you could use to foster joint attention would be like reading books together where you're being enthusiastic and fun and engaging with your child with that story or the pictures, you know, whatever 
level they're at, you can point to the picture, direct their attention to what you're excited about, and then elaborate and talk about that picture. You don't necessarily always have to just read that word um, or read the words of the book word for word. You can be playing with your child's favorite toy, and when they reach to take it from you, you can place it by your face, by your eyes, and talk about the toy with your child to gain their joint attention to that toy, but also to your face. So you're like, wow, look at this, you know, teddy bear, whatever it is, you know. Um, Talk about the way that it feels, the way it looks, and what it does. This can be done with any, any object that your child will take interest in or is taking interest in at the time you can follow their lead on this it doesn't just have to be you know waiting for them to engage in a toy if your child even if your child has a very short attention span and they kind of bounce from thing to thing and sometimes avoid this joint attention sometimes you can kind of push into their world and join their world when you follow their lead and play and bring in this joint attention where you're looking at what they're looking at with them. So you're pushing into their world with them and then you're entering the shared world and then that gets easier to to connect, you know, across different environments depending on what you're doing and what you're looking at and what you're playing with and all of that. Sometimes I've had kiddos, little toddlers especially, who are super, super focused on that toy, especially kids where speech is hard or where communication's hard or where social communication's hard, where even when you put that toy by your face next to your eyes or next to your head, it they still don't look right at your eyes. Some kids will look right at your face and kind of connect with you in that moment and then in that moment what I usually do you know I'm not necessarily going for eye contact I'm not someone that makes eye contact goals as a speech language pathologist it's more about the social connection it's more about hey we're both here together we're both playing with this toy you're super focused on it to the point where it feels like maybe you've forgotten about me a little bit. I'm just going to bring it up here to my face so we can have a moment of connection. Um, And also, if your child is working on speech, it's a good way to get them looking at your mouth for that oral motor imitation. But like I was saying, some kids are so focused on the toy that that doesn't really work. Like They just stay zoom, lasered, focused in on the toy. And in that case, I actually put it behind my head and, you know, say something silly and then pop it back out and, you know, we play. And you're never withholding anything to the point where they're getting frustrated or it feels like work to them. I want it to always feel like play when it's play at home, right? This, You're not the therapist, your home is not the therapy room. I get it. You want to do therapeutic strategies at home. But I, what I'm saying is don't push your child to that point where they're like not going to participate and play with you because they anticipate that it will quickly become a therapeutic activity. You want it to feel like play. You want it to feel like connection because the point is back to that joint attention as a pre-linguistic skill. 
The next is symbolic play. This is imaginative play where you're using one object to represent another. So examples would be like using a banana for a phone, using a block as a train, using a toilet paper roll for a telescope, using a brush or a remote for a microphone. You know, the list goes on and on here. You're using one item to represent another item that it is not. You are symbolically playing. This is a pre-linguistic skill that children develop before they develop language. And it is a skill that supports social communication. So be creative with this. Let your imagination run wild. This is a great way to be silly and encourage growth and imagination. And this is just, it's a really important skill to language development because it predicts the ability for children to socially relate when they are older. And then lastly, the skill that I wanted to cover is imitation. This one is exactly as it sounds as well where you are facilitating imitation with your child. You're getting them to copycat you, to mimic you through your actions and through your modeling. So again, your enthusiasm is super important. Think about when you watch um, a children's show or movie. They're all really like over the top animated, right? Because kids love that, that high pitch voice that up and down intonation the raised uh raised eyebrows the surprised faces you know all of that like that animation and enthusiasm is really important with all children but especially for kiddos who might be learning their social skills or might be delayed in their social skills or for kiddos who who we know have autism, sometimes those social cues are more difficult to pick up. And so we need to be a little bit more exaggerative for it to be fully noticed. Sometimes even explicitly talking about feelings and facial expressions and stuff like that. But so when you're doing it, be really animated, get really silly, get on the floor and encourage your child to copy you, to mimic you, do a dance party. Um, Even things that are, you know, it can be from dance parties to drawing where you're just like, you draw a line or a circle or a squiggle and then they draw a line or a circle or a squiggle. Or maybe you're washing your hands or brushing uh, after brushing teeth and in the mirror you do a funny face and then they do a funny face and you know just different little things or um, songs are all actually also a perfect way to develop the skill even with really really young kiddos so patty cake monkey see monkey do type of songs bath time songs bedtime songs stories Simon says All of these are simple ways that you can incorporate these into each one of your daily routines. You can get silly with your facial expressions. You can get silly with your voice. You can, um, you know, just get really, just play with it. You know what I mean? Just 
tap into your inner child with this and connect with your child in a way that encourages them to imitate. And one of the greatest ways that I've found to get children to imitate me is to first imitate them. So instead of going in with, you know, how I want the play scenario to go, I might just kind of watch and wait and observe a a child and see how they're playing and see if I can join the play. Oftentimes you'll see children, especially the children who I serve, they repeat a lot of their play scenes. They get stuck kind of in a loop sometimes. So you can either join the play scene and help play out the loop where you're imitating the loop with them. Or you can, once you've kind of joined and gained their trust in that way and you've imitated them and you're kind of using that as an imitation back and forth, then you can take it a step further and add to the play scene and see if they will then expand their play scene and how you can get them to imitate you in different ways. Whether it means like, okay, they're they're always doing a play scene where they tuck in the baby. And let's say tonight, or not tonight, but like this time you're tucking in the baby and in in this scenario, you smell the baby and you do a really big like, like that baby has a stinky diaper and your child laughs and they're, you know, they can't believe it because they've played this scene out. They've tucked that baby in several times already today within this last hour and, and that baby didn't have a poopy diaper at any point. And now you've added this really funny um, expression that they might be able to imitate because not it's not it's not an elaborate or complex speech um, expression or a sentence or anything like that. It's just like pew or whoa or shoo-wee or like whatever you know that your child might be able to imitate already or get close to imitating, even if you even if they don't verbally imitate you even if they just like imitate the motions or they you know fan the fan their nose or laugh with you or like back off the baby like shoo while they while they uh, bat their nose like airing their nose like the baby stinks you know like any imitation that you can kind of add into play because again you want this to feel like you're just connecting with them like you're just playing with them you don't want it to feel like it's a a major therapy session at home. At least I don't want that for you and your child. I want it to feel fun. I want it to feel like play. I want it to be easy and I want it to be um, easy enough where you can understand it in a way where you can put it into any routine in, in your day, throughout your day, where you're not adding anything extra necessarily to your day. You're just tweaking what you're already doing anyways, right? All right then. (laughs) So that, you guys, is a short and sweet one today. That is three, um, three skills. Those are three skills that all children need before developing language. These are pre-linguistic skills. 
I really hope that this episode has been helpful for you, has supported you in some type of way, whether you are a parent or professional here learning with me. Thank you for pushing play today and taking the time. Um, If you have listened this far, whether it is your first time listening or whether you are a regular listener around here, I would love to know some feedback if you are interested in sharing it with me. Um, Come join us in the free Facebook community group that's linked in the show notes and, and give me this feedback or shoot me a DM on Instagram or come leave me a comment on my Instagram at speaking of health and wellness. Um, any of those will work. I'll see it. I'm wondering, so this is my first season of the podcast. I am not a sponsored podcast. I am sponsoring myself. This podcast is sponsored by my distance coaching program through Speaking of Health and Wellness, my LLC. And what I'm wondering is, because of the time that it takes to make a podcast, I don't know that it is my priority at this time to continue doing such long-form in-depth podcasts as I have even though I really enjoy them and I really like doing them I think moving forward um, I would like to have more guests on the show of course but I also am anticipating more um, strategy types of podcast episodes like the one today Um, But I'm wondering, I guess, would you prefer a bi-weekly podcast where I'm popping in every other week and you have, you know, a bit more time to listen to it if you're maybe splitting it up or like if it's in these longer form podcasts, would you prefer it to be longer form because you enjoy that? And then maybe I just do bi-weekly podcasts. Would you prefer that? Or do you like weekly podcasts? Do you like listening to me weekly? Do you, would you prefer it to be weekly, even if that meant that the episodes were shorter in nature? If you care to share, I am definitely open, open to hearing your opinion on that. Again, come tell me, preferably in the free Facebook community group, which was created for this podcast community. But again, you're welcome to join me and tell me on Instagram as well. Both of those are going to be linked in the show notes. I have some upcoming travels and yeah, so I'm just, I'm just brainstorming right now, you guys, about what I want to do with, with this podcast I know that I would like to wrap up this season one. I feel really good about what we've talked about so far. I hope that you have listened to the previous episodes because these were really meant to be the foundations that we build on. This is the groundwork. This is my, it starts at my story. We go into holistic nutrition. We go over so much there is so much value within these this first season within these first uh, 13 episodes there's so much value 
in this content and I really hope that you're taking advantage of it because a lot of the strategies that I'm sharing with clients that are beginning strategies, I mean, I have put them in here. So it's free. It's for you. I hope you take advantage of that and I hope that it is serving you and supporting you. And from here, what I'm hoping to do is put my focus into my upcoming course, Naturally Navigating Picky Eating, which has been a course that I've been working on for well over a year now. And with you know, all this that I've been putting into the podcast, I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I just have been thinking, okay, well, all this time that I'm putting into the podcast, all this effort that I'm putting into the podcast, maybe that would be better directed onto my course right now, now that I've seen and realized how much time and effort really goes in to creating podcasts and given the amount of content and value that I have already pushed into these first podcasts. I think we've got a really, really solid groundwork, like I said, laid down here. So if you have any opinions on it, I would love to hear them. I also wanted to let you know that I am creating visuals weekly on these podcasts where is supplemental to the knowledge that I'm covering and I'm putting most of those on my Instagram which like I said is linked below at speaking of health and wellness and also in that free Facebook community group sometimes on my Facebook page mostly in those other two locations but yeah if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you would like some you know uh, images that support your learning for example last week I talked about Um, and when I say last week, I mean last week in relevance to me right now, last week, not last week for you. So let's say episode 12 instead of last week. In episode 12, I covered traumatic brain injuries. And in that week that I covered traumatic brain injuries, I was posting about studies and different visuals that show the gut, the brain connection, and how traumatic brain injury um, sparks this leaky brain, leaky gut phenomenon and all of that. It's a visual to support it and those are on my social media. So I hope that you're keeping, not, I mean, you don't have to keep up with it, but I hope that you're connected with me there is what I meant to say. Anyways, you guys, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have a wonderful remainder of your day and take care. I will talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Speaking of Health and Wellness, the podcast. I'm so grateful you've taken the time. For any of the references mentioned in the show, head over to speakingofhealthandwellness.com. If this episode resonated with you or inspired you, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to subscribe, write a review, share it on social media, or with someone in your life who could really benefit from this information. Your support helps this podcast and the overall message and mission of speaking of health and wellness reach more people. If you share on Instagram, tag me so I can personally thank you for listening. If you're on Facebook, come join our free community group of like-minded parents and professionals. The direct link is in the podcast description. 
I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks again so much and take care.